Hi, this is Tom Smith. Thanks for listening. All things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Welcome to the 316 Podcast with Thomas Wayne Smith. This week, it's Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all the moms listening. Proverbs 31 says, Her children arise up and call her blessed. We pray you have a wonderful day. Remember, as you hear the word of God, faith comes into your heart. The Lord loves you and always provides for his children. Here's Pastor Tom. Praise the Lord. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the Moms out there, this is the year 2020. Happy Mother's Day to you. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And today we honor our mothers by proclamation of the President of the United States Many years ago, I think a little bit more than a hundred years ago. One thing we all have in common is that we are we're all born to a mother. <laughs> Everyone that came after Adam and Eve had a mother. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, had a mother. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and she conceived. And the virgin birth is one of the prominent beliefs shared among Christians around the world, as prophesied in Isaiah chapter 7. Yeah, she was a woman of faith, Mary, the mother of Jesus. So she was chosen as a teenage girl. She loved God with all of her heart. She wanted to serve the Lord. And we know this because when the angel spoke to her, she said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. So she was humble, humble to submit to the Lord's will. How many of us are humble to submit to the Lord's will? Obedience. It's one of the more difficult things in the life of a Christian. Obedience. What does the Lord want you to do? How many times has he shown you what to do, where to go, and have you done it? Now, the Lord showed Mary about her child before he came, and I believe the Lord does that a lot with godly mothers. What's going to become of her child, the child that she's going to have, the child in her womb? So she trusted the Lord. She believed the words from the angel, according to thy word. And we could all pray that, Lord, work in my life according to your word. Amen? Throughout the Bible, we see God speaking to mothers about their children. And many times, it's before they're born. God spoke to Samson's mother before he was born. And I would say even before his father knew. (laughs) The father kind of questioned that one, and then the Lord Spoke to the father as well later. God spoke to Hannah through the priest 
before her son was born. And she gave birth to one of the greatest priests ever, Samuel. It took lots of courage for her to dedicate her child to the Lord because he would be spending so much of his childhood in the temple working for the Lord, learning how to be a priest, how to be a great priest. So he was studying even from a young age. She made priestly garments for him when he was a child and he would dress up and look like the priest and learn from the priest. So she was a godly mother. She dedicated him to the Lord. Another mother of the faith would be Sarah, Abraham's wife. She laughed when the Lord said that she was going to have a child because she was older at that time. But she's also listed in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11 because she believed God. She had to believe God to conceive, just like her husband Abraham. He's like, okay, Sarah, we're going to believe God together. Believe in faith that God will give us this son. And they would thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this son. And after doing that for many years, many, many, many years, Isaac came. One time the Lord spoke to Abraham again and said, okay, a year from now, you're going to have a child. So there you go. Or maybe it was nine months from now. She was a godly mother. She was a woman of faith and believed God to have a child. And she did. Now, Mary, back to Mary. She was also a mother who loved to praise and worship the Lord. When she learned about that she was going to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit, and she went to go stay with her cousin Elizabeth. When she met her cousin, she said in Luke chapter 1, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. And we do today. We call her blessed. For he, verse 49, Luke 1, 49, For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. So there she is, calling the Lord's name holy, worshiping him, praising him. And recognizing that God will bless those that fear the Lord. Walking in the fear of the Lord and godliness has great benefits. Here it says, from generation to generation, those families will be blessed that fear the Lord, that serve the Lord. And she's one of them. And this prayer, praise really, is commonly called the Magnificat. But the rest of it, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But Luke chapter 1, you could read that. Mary would worship the Lord and praise the Lord. And I believe she taught all of her children that, including Jesus, teaching them to pray, teaching them to worship the Lord. And I guess that could include music. A lot of people learn music as a child and they're taught from their mother. Throughout the United States, the first few hundred years in the United States, children would learn violin and piano, mostly piano. And it was usually the mother that would encourage this and teach them. 
One of my grandmothers played the banjo. <laughs> What's so funny is she's my grandmother from New York, <laughs> Long Island, New York, and she played the banjo. And the other, my grandmother from here, she was born here, California, raised California, played the organ. Yeah. So, well, actually, now I should say, I'm not sure if she was born here, but I know she was raised here in California. But yeah, she played the organ. And my mom would actually sing and play praise and worship music in her CD players and over the speakers throughout the house. So yeah, mothers are are great in that, encouraging the family to worship the Lord and praise the Lord. And both my parents listen to Gaither music quite often, all the time, really. And my mom's always telling me about new songs or songs that are kind of new to me. They're not new songs. They're 40 years old or older, 100 years old, 50 years old. Yeah, good music though. Praise the Lord. But appreciation for music. My mom also, growing up in New York, she learned a lot of Broadway tunes. So she'll tell me about that once in a while. The Holy Spirit will actually speak to her with songs that she learned as a child or heard as a child. It's really amazing. But yeah, an appreciation for music. And what else do we learn from mothers? Education. Mothers are typically the ones pushing the children for education, trying to get them to to learn things, to, to go to school. And Jesus, I'm sure, had an excellent education because his, his mother taught him, and he learned from other people, I'm sure, too. But when he went to speak with the religious leaders, he was 12 years old. They were astonished at his knowledge. Where did he get that knowledge? Well, from his mother. King Solomon, he says in the Proverbs that he was taught by his mother, the Proverbs. She taught him how, how to be a godly person, how to have the fear of the Lord, how to have wisdom, how to treat other people with love and respect. But yeah, I'm convinced Jesus learned a lot from his mother as he was growing up. Just before he performed his first miracle, Mary preached what I say is one of the best and shortest sermons ever preached. When they and the disciples, Jesus, Mary, the disciples were at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, she told the servants of the party, whatsoever he says to you, do it. <laughs> whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. That's a great sermon right there. Whatever Jesus says, just do it. Just do it. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He knows what's going on. Listen to him. Listen to him for salvation, for wisdom, for faith, for hope. Bring faith into your family and hope and love, care, health. The Bible says that the Word of God brings health to our body. So, when you as a mother teach people, teach your children faith, you're also teaching them health. But yeah, whatever he says to you, do it. Again, that word obedience. Obedience to what the Lord is saying. And that miracle, Jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding. His first miracle. But yeah, Mary became one of his most devout followers throughout her life. She was there at the foot of the cross. 
And even when he was on the cross, Jesus honored his mother, as we're honoring mothers today. Jesus honored his mother, cared for his mother. He told John, he said, Behold your mother. And he told her, Behold your son. Now when he was saying that, he was giving his mother to John to take care of her in her retirement years. And then again, we see Mary in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit fell on her and the disciples. But when you look at Mary's life, every time that she shows up in the Bible, what's happening? Her story points to her son, Jesus. She was doing the will of God as a servant of the Lord. But in the same sense, she was doing what any good mother would do. She was there for her children. She doesn't abandon them. She doesn't forget about them. She doesn't just run around and do her own thing and let the children run around without a mother. I heard the story of a one mother in her 80s, and she was in great shape, and people had asked about her, about her life, and what does she think about going to heaven and things like that? And she says, I'm not leaving this earth until all my children are saved. <laughs> and she had like four or five sons and they were saved. All of them were saved except for one. And he was in his 60s, but he didn't want to accept Christ. And she says, I'm not going to heaven until my son is saved. And she prayed for him every day. That's what a good mother will do. For her children, even when her children are running around in the world doing crazy things, bad things, living for the devil, you pray for your child. Any child can get in trouble, even when they're older. Financial trouble, health problems, marriage trouble, trouble with their own children, so it'd be your grandchildren. Yeah, when you become a parent... You accept the responsibility of praying for your child throughout their whole life, really. You never stop being a mother. Sarah was another amazing mother we talked about a little bit earlier. Amazing mother in the Bible. So you could read about her, her and Abraham in the book of Genesis. We've got Rebecca also in Genesis. She had Two nations inside her. God spoke to her. She's got two nations. There were Jacob and Esau. And both of those families, you can follow them throughout the Old Testament. But God spoke to her before the children are born. And then you've got Jacob's wives, Leah and Rachel. They were the mothers of the 12 children of Israel. Jochebed was Another mother that you don't hear her name very much, maybe because we don't have that name here in Western cultures. But yeah, she was the mother of who? Three of her children are famous. Three of them are written about in the Bible, throughout the Bible. I'll tell you who it is, if you didn't guess already. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Moses was the great leader that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And his mother taught him from a child. Moses also learned from the Egyptians. And then we've got Moses' brother, Aaron. He was raised by his mother. 
And he became the first priest, the first high priest. And then we've got Miriam, the sister, and she praised the Lord. She would dance before the Lord and teach other women to sing and dance and praise the Lord. So yeah, Jochebed, I'm convinced, fully convinced, was a godly, righteous woman. Bathsheba, I mentioned before, she taught her son Solomon. Many others. Then we go to the New Testament. And there's mothers mentioned there in the New Testament. Yeah, besides Mary. In 2 Timothy 1, Paul is writing, and he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, or faith that isn't fake, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Hallelujah. Yeah, I love this. And I also like it because his grandmother's name was Lois, and that's my grandmother's name. Yeah, my grandmother, who I was just talking about, that she played the organ, and her name was Lois, Lois Smith. Yeah, but Paul recognized that Timothy's faith wasn't just started by him, but it was started by his mother and his grandmother. And Timothy became the pastor of the church at Ephesus, one of the greatest, most influential churches of early Christianity. So how will you honor your mother today? Many of us will get her a card or a gift or even call her on the phone. My mom, I'll see her and talk to her. Yeah, Mother's Day, by the way, is the busiest day of the year for the phone business. More phone calls nowadays, cell phones, phone calls are ringing off the hook throughout the country on Mother's Day. I used to work in the restaurant business, and I remember working on Mother's Day, and it seemed like the busiest day of the year. I think there was a couple other days also very busy like that, but Mother's Day, we were slammed. I mean, who wants their mother to work on Mother's Day? (laughs) Cook, right? Nobody does, right? So yeah, people take their mother out for Mother's Day. Not today, though, not so much, at least here where I am, California. Restaurants are closed. They're doing takeout. But this shows how much people here in the U.S. care about their mother. They, They call their mother. They take her out to dinner, take her out to lunch or brunch. You know, we've got respect for our mothers. We love our mothers. Yeah, so lots of different styles of mothers. What kind of home did you grow up in? I was reading about what the definition of kind of a strict mother or disciplined mother. And so I'll read a few of these things, kind of interesting and funny. But but yeah, no sleepovers. Strict mother says no sleepovers, no play dates. Except now I would say, you know, the way I grew up, I would say no play dates except maybe Friday and Saturday. You know, that was how I was raised that, okay, during the week, Monday to Friday, at least during the school year, we're going to focus on our studies. And then on the weekends, you could play starting Friday night or something. Actually, my mom, during the weekdays, even in school, many times she would have us outside to play for maybe an hour or so. As long as the sun was out, we could be out and doing things like that. So she wanted us to get fresh air and things and, you know, have fun with our friends and sports and staying healthy, that kind of stuff. We also had to keep our grades up. So, yeah, I'll, keep, I'll touch more on that a little bit 
in a few minutes. But yeah, so no TV, no video games except for Fridays and Saturdays, something like that. I remember that's when I played video games was on Saturdays, the weekend, Saturday morning. I think when I was growing up, we only watched TV one or two hours a week. It wasn't very much. And I hear about families that watch the TV one or two hours a day. I can't even imagine that. There's no way I'm going to let my children do that. So, but yeah, that's a strict parent will say, hey, no TV during the week. You got to study. You got other things to do. Go out with your friends a little bit outside, play a little bit, and then come in and get your studies done. Get your homework done. A strict parent might even say nothing less than an A. (laughs) My parents, they weren't that strict, but they did have a rule. They said, if you get a C or worse in any subject, then however many subjects that was, that's how many days during the week, Monday to Friday, you had to stay inside. You're not allowed to go play with your friends. If you got a C, in other words, if you got two C's on a report card, well, until the next report card comes out, you're going to spend two days, maybe Monday and Tuesday, in the house all day. When you get home from school, you're just going to have to study. And that's uh, kind of rough on children. You know, they're not really ready for that. They're like, I want to go play with my friends, and they're crying and things. But yeah, it's good to learn to focus on work and to be a disciplined person, diligent. Learning a musical instrument, that's something else that a lot of strict parents might say or or might do. And I would say that's probably a good thing. They've done a lot of studies on this, that children that play piano and violin, their grades are much higher, I mean, off the charts higher than the kids that don't have any musical interest whatsoever. So what's this strict mother doing? Teaching the kids to be diligent, not to be lazy. The Bible says that when you teach a child when they're young, they're not going to forget it when they're older. I read the story of a young man that grew up with his mother, a single mom, and she couldn't read or write, but she had him do a book report every day. She'd pretend to read it. And by the time he was in high school, he was one of the best students in the school. He went on to get a medical degree and became one of the greatest pediatric surgeons in the world. Today, he's the United States Secretary of HUD, Housing and Urban Development, Ben Carson. Yeah, grew up with a single mom. She taught him to read. In a sense, she had him doing these book reports. And she couldn't read herself. Amazing. Abraham Lincoln, he said this, no one is poor who had a godly mother. He went on to say that I remember my mother's prayers and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. All that I am and hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Susanna Wesley was the wife of an Anglican minister. She had 10 children and homeschooled them, starting on their fifth birthday. As soon as they turned five, every child had to have school. Now, again, we're talking about homeschool, six hours a day, starting at age five. They also studied the common subjects of the time, English and math, science, history, They also had to learn Latin and Greek. All the kids learned Latin and Greek. I think that's so funny. 
And music was part of their education, of course. I heard someone say this, that she had every child memorize one scripture every day. Wow, think about that. I wonder how old they had to be to start doing that. One scripture every day. Now, something that you don't hear about too often, she would pray two hours a day. She put her apron over her head, sit in her chair, put her apron over her head, and she would read her Bible and pray for two hours. And the kids knew what mom was doing when she was under that apron. But she taught them by example. She didn't just teach them speaking to them, but she taught them by example how to read the Bible, study the Bible, memorize scriptures, love the Lord and serve the Lord. And this led to two of her children, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, becoming some of the greatest influences in Christianity. Even today, thousands of people read their sermons and sing their hymns. It's amazing what a godly mother can do. When I was about eight or nine years old, our local newspaper, the News Chronicle, held a writing contest for Mother's Day. It was one of the few times I'd entered a contest. I'm not Sure, how many others I did, maybe just one or two, I don't know. But in this one case, I won. I still have the trophy somewhere. I don't have the poem or the essay, whatever I wrote. I'm not even sure exactly what I wrote. But yeah, that trophy is about a foot tall. Really nice. I'm sure I said nice things about my mom. And I probably included some rhyming because I. Remember growing up, I always loved rhyming. I thought that was kind of fun and a neat way to write things. Talked about appreciating my mom, my mother, things like that. More newspapers and magazines need to do that, I think. I think that's a great idea for kids just not only to get great practice in writing essays, and but also to learn appreciation for their mother. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. You can contact the ministry by writing to Tom Smith Ministries, P.O. Box 300, Agora Hills, California, 91376. If you're mailing a check, you can make it out to FHLF, which stands for Faith, Hope, and Love Fellowship, our nonprofit organization, and your giving can be tax-deductible. To receive an MP3 copy of the entire message via email, simply go to our contact section of our website and request it. Our website is www.tomsmith.us. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, we love you, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God.